Father, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word and to share your heart and what I believe is your heart for your people. I pray that this, this message and the words that you've spoken to us would come as, um, as a refuge, as a place of satisfaction that we run to. And I pray against the enemy for making it a burden on our shoulders and on our hearts. And we just thank you for the opportunity to, to hear more good news today. I pray that Jesus, you would be glorified, that your name would be made famous, and Holy Spirit, that you would be welcome here to break our hearts and to turn us to, to the face of God and to, to repent. And so we just, those are, those are what we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So yeah, as we've been going through the, this rhythm of being a missionary, which is one of our identities, right? And it starts back with the story of God. Has everybody understood and heard the story of God? Does that make sense? So there's a creation. God created Adam and Eve. He created them in his image as image bearers. And he invited them to participate in what he was doing. And then there was this fall, this rebellion, this, this turning from God. And it caused this great separation, right? And the separation was, I mean, death was actually kind, if you think about it, like physical death. But the real separation was eternal separation. And it kicks off this amazing story that God begins to pursue reconciliation and to plan it out. And in that fall, in that brokenness, we kind of lose what we were originally created to do. But in God's plan to redeem, He recaptures that. He makes things right again. And so we're brought back into right relationship with God. We're brought back into walking with God in the cool of the day, learning how to live the very best life, right? Because of Jesus. Because of what Jesus did. And so as such, we're given a new identity. We're given identity as, as a son or a daughter of the king. We're, we're, we're made into family. We're part of God's family. We're adopted. The Bible says we've been adopted. We become heirs. But we're also... We have an identity as a, as a disciple, a learner. We're continuous learning to, to understand God's grace and his, his, his salvation. We've become servants like Jesus is a servant and was a servant. And we become missionaries because what's God doing? He's on a mission. He's on a mission. You know, maybe all of us here, maybe there's not all of us here, but maybe all of us here have, have actually been shared the good news and we've seen it and we've said, wow, this is amazing. This is good news. And, and maybe all of us have been reconciled to God. But how many millions of people out there are not yet? And the heart of God, I believe, in this identity as a missionary is to go to those people. And those people might not be in other countries. They might be your neighbor. They might be someone you work with. So as sons and daughters of the king, today we're going to talk about living out our identity as a missionary 
with a specific rhythm of blessing others because that's what missionaries do. That's what God does, right? I want to just pause for a second on this and remind you guys and plead with you guys. This is not a call to us to go and do something. And we've probably said it a hundred times. I know Vince and Kenny have said it a hundred times. We're human beings. We're not human doings. We are, we are who God created us to be. So this call is to be a, a missionary servant who's on mission to bless others. Is that cool? Is that cool? We get to do this. We don't have to do this. It's not, well, you guys got to do this, this, and this. No, no, no. You're a missionary. You're a son or a daughter of the king. And I want to invite you to see it from a place that you're, you just say, wow, I get to do this. That should blow us away. And hopefully by, by God's spirit, it will. Um, so today we're going to look at the rhythm of blessing others. And really just to, uh, to kind of define it, I'm going to steal the language straight out of SOMA, their curriculum, which most of this sermon is stolen anyway. So, well, all of them are, right? (laughs) So what does it mean to bless, bless others? So it's to tangibly express the gospel on a regular basis and to stick with it long enough to move beyond those, those blessed tasks or the random acts of kindness, into relationships. And we get to do this out of response for what God has done for us. I want to invite you guys to get your Bibles out. This is a a church, and we are looking at God's Word. So I want to invite you to get your Bibles out and turn to Genesis 12. And we kind of start at Genesis 12 because that's it gives a picture of what, maybe where God started to, to, to call people to this rhythm, to this identity. Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3. says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So beginning with Abram, God calls a people to himself. Why? Let's make this a dialogue. Why? To be a blessing. He wants, why does he want to be a blessing to to the peoples of the earth? Why does he need Abram? Why does he want to bring Abram in? Yeah, yeah, to show the rest of the world what he's like through Abram's family. And he just starts it off with this guy, right? This promise is the first recorded word of God since the Tower of Babel. Does everybody remember the Tower of Babel? What happened there? Okay, they got scattered, but what is that? What, what, before they got scattered, what, what else? What happened before that? They were trying to build a monument unto themselves and into their own names. 
Yeah. They were disobedient. They were trying to build a monument to themselves to show how great they were, to, to show or to find identity, to, to, to develop or build a greatness, right? It's funny because you look at the Tower of Babel and you see the promises of God trying to be lived out and put into motion by wicked people, right? You see this promise of God making Abram a great a great name. You see this problem this this promise where God is is calling Abram and his descendants to be something big, this identity. So this promise that God comes and says, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you to bless others comes on the heels of the Tower of Babel. There's this great separation of people into into various nations, different tongues. They're speaking different languages. This was a curse, right? God cursed these people for pursuing their wickedness and pursuing their own agenda, seeking their own interests. And now some people will argue, but some three to four hundred years later, God comes to Abram and calls him out. There's, there's all these nations, all these people. And he's saying, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to pick, I'm picking this guy and his family so that I can show the world how I, who I am and what, I, what, I'm, what my heart is for them. Because of sin, my heart is to bring people back to myself. And I'm going to choose this family and I'm going to bless them. Not because... I just want to bless them, but I want to bless them so that they can bless others. So as we look at this passage, what do we see about God? What do we see about God and the calling of Abram and the promises that he makes? What do we see? He initiates it. Yeah, great. I was lower on my list, but yeah. I mean, it was... In explaining that, my list, the lower things are like those final, yeah, that's, nobody thought about that. So, good job. (laughs) He initiates it. That's awesome. What else? Yeah. He wants to bless people. His desire is to do what with this scattered nations? Bring them together. Bring them together. To redeem. to, To bring salvation, right? What else do we see about God in this passage? He has a heart for people. Yeah. yeah. He does. Even when we run from him, right? Even when we try, even what they were doing, trying to make themselves God, right? He ends up scattering them and he still loves them and still pursues them. Yeah, it shows a lot, of, a lot of grace and mercy, doesn't it? And forgiveness. Yeah. It's crazy the idea that God initiates in this passage. Does he say, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you if you do X, Y, and Z. What does he say? Yeah, he basically says, go, leave. Leave, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a place. I'm going to show you a land. I'm going to make you a a great nation. I'm going to bless you to bless others. So he initiates, but he also consummates. There's no strings attached, which is awesome, you guys. It's amazing. 
There's, God is full of hope in this passage, isn't he? He wants Abram to leave his past and his planned future. Do you think Abram, Abram had a, a planned future? He probably had plans. But he's calling Abram to leave all of it. To trust him. What do we see about, about man, about people in this passage? we see about people yeah that we're very much in his mind as far as what he's planning to do huh that's that's pretty awesome what else do we see about man that's not so good think tower of babel yeah mankind is finding their identity in their family and their accomplishments and their greatness or attempts at greatness tower of babel the other thing I kind of don't realize until you really think through it is that, and this is for me, it's really personal. Man is in need of blessing. Man is in need of hope. We're in need of protection and we're in need of salvation. And as I studied through this this week, I was just like uh, kind of amazed that I forget that so much, that I need blessing. I need God's blessing. I need him to give me hope. I need him to save me. I need Jesus. So in this picture of this passage, we see man's need for a savior, for reconciliation. What do we see as the response to this today? This passage. What was the response from Abram? <laughs> yeah, he went, right? And what did that take? What? Yeah, he had to take action. What did it take for him to do that? Think about this for a second. You, your family lives there, your entire family. You're in a place that's familiar. You know pretty well what your future is going to be. You're taken care of. You have stuff to eat. You have food to eat. You have resources. What would it take for someone to say, yeah, I'll leave everything I know. And all my future plans. Trust, faith. The Bible counts Abraham as righteous because of his faith. God counts him as righteous because of his faith, right? Yeah. You know, the other thing that's kind of subtle here is he, he actually has to has to be willing to be blessed. How many of us are willing to be blessed by God? How many of us are willing to be served? You think of all the religions in the world. Christianity is the only one where God says, I need to serve you in order for you to be in right relationship with me. There's no other way. There's a beautiful picture of it we'll talk about in a minute. So what does it look like then? As we think about this passage, God's saying, Abram, I'm calling you 
to leave and go. I'm going to show you this place. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. So as we think about it, fast forward to today, we think about this rhythm of being a missionary. What does that look like for us? How are we, how are we called to be a blessing? We get tons and tons of images of this in the Bible. Yeah. Let's break it down by various identities. Let's say you know, we're a family, right? We're family. What do families, how do families bless each other? We serve one another. Encourage one another, yeah. So far, you guys are, if we were doing the, what's that show? Family Feud. Family Feud. You guys would be two for two. What else? Yeah, they provide. You share your resources, right? Spend time with each other. Second uh, Corinthians 1 verse 11 says, You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted to us through the prayers of many. I mean, we don't think about blessing others very often. At least I don't. I'm confessing my sin here. By praying very often for others. Like it's a... That's, that really hit me this week. Do I really bless others by praying? I tend to think of blessing others by like tangible things and not spiritual things. So prayer. How often? Right? That's a question. If you think about it, Dad is the most powerful, wealthy, capable dad in the universe. He owns it all. It all belongs to him. And he wants to share it with the rest of the world through us. That's nuts. I mean, seriously. How do we live out this rhythm of blessing others as a disciple, as a learner? What does it look like to live out a rhythm being in that, that kind of living that identity in this rhythm of blessing others? How can we learn to bless others? Do we do it naturally? I think we're created and wired for it. But I think it's a muscle that we maybe don't exercise a lot, right? Go ahead. Yeah. 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 We 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 can grow in our understanding of our gifts, the gifts that God has given us. We can learn how to actually share them effectively and exercise those muscles. Um, we can really intentionally learn what the needs are in the community, right? As missionaries, as learners, missionaries, servants. Find ways to connect and meet those needs. We can teach and lead others in blessing and living that out, right? 
about as servants? How do we, how do we exercise and, and, and live this rhythm out? It's a great example of this. Um, and I don't mean to put you all on the spot. Um, and I didn't ask them to talk about them today. But I went to this, um, this event over in, I think it was City Heights. It was a World Cup with the various national nationalities. And Scott and Christina are serving the community. And they put on this, this soccer tournament. And it's just turned into so much more. They're loving people from many nations. They're, they're now tutoring and helping people with schoolwork. Um, they've invited all of us to be part of it. It's like, how do we live this out? Scott and Christina, go talk to them. <laughs> it's been, it was awesome. Learn what the real needs are in your community and take part. Look for deeper gospel needs. As you, as you put on a soccer tournament, what's a deeper need in that community? The deepest need is they, they need Jesus, right? But as you begin, like we said in the beginning, to tangibly really pursue that and meet those needs, pursue it into relationship. We talked about Abram and the, and the passage that, that we went through, um, being willing to be blessed and to be served. I think when we're willing to be served, it really helps us to understand how to serve other people. There's a picture in, in uh, John 13, 8. Jesus had finished the Last Supper and he takes off his outer garment and he puts a towel over his shoulder and he gets a basin of water and he goes and he starts to wash the disciples' feet. And it's, a, it's an immensely humiliating, or hum, not humiliating, but it's a, a very humble thing. He's, he's demonstrating amazing humility. And Peter says, you should never, you're not washing my feet. I mean, it, has anybody ever had their feet washed? I think it's harder for the washer or the washee? Yeah, whoa. You're like, oh, I didn't wash my toenails today. I didn't clip them. It's all... <laughs> and you think about then when they wore sandals. That's what they wore. They didn't have... Uh, what do you invents wear, Kenny? Bands or skinny jeans? And... <laughs> That's all they wore. Their feet were filthy. And Peter's like, oh, no, no, don't, you, don't want, you don't want to clean my feet. You're not, I'm not going to let you, Jesus, rabbi, teacher. And Jesus says, if, you, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. In order to be a blessing and to serve others, we have to come to a place where we're willing to receive the blessing that God has for us and be served by the one who served in the greatest way on the cross. As a missionary, what does it look like to live out a rhythm of blessing others? I've seen in our gospel community, 
I've seen people say, man, my car broke down and needs a new alternator. And someone else from community says, oh, here's some money to get it fixed. I've seen that a hundred times. Not that exact thing, but similar things. <laughs> and that's awesome together to do that for one another as family, right? And, but as missionaries, what does it look like? To go outside of here and say, God, how would you want me to bless people? How do I tangibly demonstrate the gospel? What does it look like? You guys know, I want some answers. Isn't that hard? That's hard, huh? Is that effective? Yeah. Go ahead, someone else. Same kind of things that we do in the community, but do it for people that you don't know and that you don't already have that kind of relationship with and do it without expecting anything in return. Yeah. We've been living in the same neighborhood for about, what, five, six years? And... um, we're kind of in a place where we're actually uh, we're having dinner with our neighbors behind us pretty regularly and loving them and, and when they have needs that come up serving them and blessing them we're in a pretty good relationship with our neighbor across the street who um, her husband died and she's, so she's a single mom when she needs someone to watch her daughter or if they're going out of town we feed their, their uh, tadpoles <laughs> I'm just saying, <clears throat> it's, not like, it's not like you're Warren Buffett and you're giving someone a million bucks. That's a huge blessing. It's simple little things. It's where you are. It's with the people God's already put in your life. Sure, he might call you to go be a missionary somewhere, but he's called you to be a missionary here. He's called us to be on mission, to bless others. What's broken? What's broken in in your community? What's broken in San Diego? What's broken in Mission Hills or Coronado or North Park or City Heights or Claremont? What's broken? Being on mission and, and... being ready to bless others because you've been blessed takes eyes to see that brokenness. It takes eyes to see that and a heart that says, Father, how do I, how do I serve here? How do I bless? How do I help heal this brokenness? Is there something already here that's happening that actually addresses that? Yeah. And if there is, how can I join into it? You know, I'm not going to go to City Heights and start something up. I'm going to go to Scott and Christina and say, hey, you guys are meeting a broken need. How can I join in? We had this really amazing leadership training. Um, Vince and Kenny did. uh, They were talking about looking for persons of peace. Being on mission in your neighborhood and in in, in your circle of life oftentimes means who, is the, who are those people of peace? Who are those people who are, who are willing to receive you, even though you, you might be that crazy Christian person, who are willing to receive you and what you have to offer? 
And we'll, we'll actually open up to that. It might seem like a burden, all of this stuff, but it's really meant to be it's meant to be satisfying and life-giving. We think sometimes maybe, man, I, how do I have time to be on mission or to live out this rhythm? How do I have time to serve other people or give? Or I have work. I've got to take my kids to soccer practice or gymnastics or junior lifeguards or fill in the blank, whatever it is. I have softball. I have this. I have that. It might be a burden. It might be a burden, or it might be something you think, <laughs> I'm Scott and Christina. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I know they don't think that. But it might be something where you're like, yeah, I can check those boxes. I'm doing pretty good. Who has time for all this? Raise your hand if you have time for all this. Yeah. The sermon today is not going to end with me saying, you guys really need to step up and make time and start doing these things. The sermon today is going to say, it's going to call you to look at it a little bit differently, a different perspective. And the perspective I think God's heart is for us is to see that all of life is lived out of these identities. All of life is lived out of being a son or daughter of the king. All of life, everything you do, whether it's soccer practice or work, is lived out of being a missionary and a servant and a disciple of Jesus. So maybe the answer today to all of us, if we're asking that, how do I do this? Maybe the answer is, do I have right perspective on what it means to be a son or daughter of the king so that I can live out that identity as a missionary and bless others? You guys, we get to do this. We get to do it. We're human beings created as image bearers of our Father and His Son and His Holy Spirit. And His design for us is to live this way as we were always meant to be before the fall. It was meant to be satisfying. It was meant to give life. It's truly how He designed us to live. He designed us to live like this. So if we're not living all of life out of these identities and in response to what Jesus did, then there's a disconnect that we need to really kind of get, get before God and say, Father, help me see, help me change my perspective. I think part of changing our perspective is, 
is kind of seeing that we've been blessed. Do we really believe the gospel is good news? I'll be 44 in August, and I can honestly say that today I realize, not just today, but over the 44 years, I'm realizing that I'm far worse than I ever thought I was. That Jesus is infinitely more beautiful than I ever imagined. And that my, my need for Jesus is far greater than I, than I could ever have known. And yet, he calls me son. And he says, I'm well pleased with you. And you're a part of my family. And you're an heir to all that I have. And I want you to participate with me because I love people and I want to bless them. And he points to his son. He says, that's what I want you to look at. That's who I want you to follow. He was the perfect servant and the perfect missionary. And so today, as we think about all the things that I'm kind of, I've talked about the, the past three or four Sundays at Kinney and Vince and others have talked about in terms of living out rhythms of this, these identities, this missionary identity, this family identity and servant identity, all those things, I want you to think about them from the perspective that it's who we were created to be. And because of the work of Christ, we can now, we now get to do that stuff. We get to. Our hope is in His work. I'm going to read um, Ephesians 2. Verse 8 through 10, it says, for, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of works, so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's some awesome news, you guys. That's some awesome news. He's already prepared the good works for us to walk in. It's who He made us to be. And because of Christ, we get to do that now. Yeah. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessings of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. You think we're up to the task? If you do, you're wrong. <laughs> we're not. It's not whether, about whether or not we're up for it. It's about, it's basically God, God is up to it, and that's what He's doing. And He's created us to spend His blessings. I'm going to close in a few minutes. I think I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Ephesians 1.22 says, he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So the way he planned to do this, the way he planned to bring the scattered, broken nations back together, 
was through a people. At first it was Abram. Today it's the church. The way he planned to do this work is through the church. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, led by, the, by Jesus. Jesus has given all power and all authority. And God chose to display that power and authority through Jesus and his bride. Paul, Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, he says in three, chapter 3, verse 8, he says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. Hang on a minute. What? Jonathan Edwards, an old preacher, said this. It is mentioned as a wisdom such as they had never seen before, not in God, much less in themselves, that now might be known how manifold the wisdom of God is. Now, for thousands of years, for thousands of years since the creation, in all that time, the angels had always beheld the face of God and had been studying God's works of creation and celebrating them and worshiping them, worshiping God. Yet they never, till that day, had seen anything like that. They never knew how manifold God's wisdom was, as now they knew it by the church. The messy, jacked up people that he's going to change and bless so that he could be a blessing to the world, so that he could reconcile brokenness, so he could restore right relationship. He knows the church is messy. He knows us, you guys. He knows we're imperfect. But he looks at us and he sees Jesus. He sees the righteousness of Christ and he calls us sons and daughters. And he has the power to use the bride of Christ to bless the world. And we get to be part of it. It's who we are. It's by his power, by the finished work of Christ on the cross, that we are able to even be people who live out this rhythm of being a blessing. Missionary blessers. There's no greater blessing than that of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins to restore us to a right relationship with God. So we're going to close today with communion. And I want to encourage you guys to, when you're ready, just come down and take the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and dip it in the, the, 
juice, which represents God's blood that's poured out for us. And, and as you take the communion today, as you take the elements of, of communion, I just want you to ask God to, to open your heart to hear what He has for you. How, how is it that you respond to this today, to what He's saying about being a blessing? If it's to repent, which 99% of the time, for me, that's what it is, it's to repent, then repent. He's ready. He's, he's there to forgive you. He's there to restore you. He's there to turn you around and point you in the right direction. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to invite you to to come and talk to me or Kenny. If you're if if you think you know what I I I know I want Jesus to be my Savior. I know He's calling me. I know He died for me. I want to give you that opportunity. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for for blessing us. Thank you, God, that you've been on a mission to restore us to right relationship with you. Thank you that Jesus demonstrates that more perfectly than anything in the cross and the resurrection in taking on our sin, restoring us. I pray that as we just marinate on this today, Lord, that we would that you would change our hearts, that you would call us to repentance, all of us, to see how we may have not maybe we're not living as sons or daughters. And if if that means we need to Maybe shed some of our calendar stuff and take, a, take a, some time to really think about what it is you're calling us to. Maybe I just pray that we would do that, Lord. Or if we're feeling like it's a burden, it's too much to handle and we can't, God, I pray that you would help us realize that we can and that we would surrender to the wonderful news that your Holy Spirit does all the work. You've given us the power to do it. You've given us the power to be who we are, who we were created to be. More than anything, God, I pray that all of us here today would understand and comprehend how much you blessed us. we would really understand that, that we would get it, that it would sink into our hearts so that not a day that goes by so that there wouldn't be a day that goes by that, that we would be ungrateful and that all the things we do to bless others would be from a place of, of gratitude and thanksgiving Thanks, Father.